Welcome to Talking Heads, everyone! Episode 181, your once-weekly live show for the latest in beer and tech news. I'm Jeff. I'm John. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us on this Wednesday night or listening to us in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. If you've never seen the show before, we talk beer, we talk tech, we talk games, pop culture, entertainment, usually some Star Trek, and it's basically just us waffling about. This is a family-friendly show in both language and content. And all Super Chats are read on the air so long as they meet those family-friendly criteria. And if you want to take part in the Super Secret Chat and the even more Super Secret After Party, think about joining the Patreon or Float Plane. Links are both down in the video description. As a bonus, you'll get exclusive access to my Discord server, where you can chat with myself, John, Rhett, Steve, all the hosts from Talking Heads, and take part in the ever-growing and awesome community over there. Yes, it is. Very awesome. Welcome to the show, everyone. Oh, and if anyone's curious, the after party is a live on-camera chat with myself and whoever's co-hosting and and everyone else. It's it's a great time. So yes, and it's usually like two hours long. Yeah, it's it's usually like it it started as like a one hour thing, and then it kind of, just like this show, it evolved into like a two hour thing. Or last week, I didn't go to bed till one thirty. So yeah, <laughs> it's usually just like ah, we'll stay up, and yeah. sometimes people show up, sometimes not. Sometimes it's it's packed, and then sometimes it's just hey, here's what I'm doing. Oh, that looks cool. What are you doing? You know, yeah, some... I, th- I think last week there were about nine of us, but the week before there were like 23. And yeah. But uh, but it's limited to the Discord size room, so it's 25 chat max. And so the first 25 is who gets in. So. Again, super secret yep. <laughs> and exclusive, even to the Patreon. That's right. So anyway, welcome to the show, everyone. John, how's, uh, how's your April going? So, yeah, anyways, what are you drinking this today, Jeff? <laughs> uh, actually, actually, we're, we're starting a little bit different tonight. Uh, I have some beer mail to open. Uh, uh, you, oh, oh, I got a stout. Oh, look at all my free beer. Oh, my God. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I, it arrived last Wednesday. All three packages did. And uh, I completely forgot to open them on stream last week. And so I, I told Novella, oh, man, sorry, I, f- I forgot to open those. He goes, no, 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 that's fine. Just open them next Wednesday. You can torture John with them. <laughs> so Thanks, you can Novella. blame Novella Hub. Yeah. Thanks. <laughs> anyway, let me let me grab I think those. I, owe really him, I think I owe him some money, and uh, I don't think I owe him any more. No, I think it's fine. <laughs> Unless... I believe the the three boxes, it's one for the three co-hosts, not you. Each one is for a co-host. What were you saying to everyone? I was saying, yeah, I'm pretty sure those three boxes, each one is for a co-host, not for you. Um, no, not this time. This time <laughs> there were no... Now, I do have some beers for you still. Uh, you and... You, Rhett, and Steve, I actually have beer for all three of you, so... Uh, this one, gosh, who who sent this one? Let me it's let me double Novella check. Hub. No, that no, this one was not Novella Hub. This oh, one okay. was. Hold on, hold on. I'm looking for it. There we go. Uh, MICD87, Mike Mike, MICD87, something like that. Uh, sent this one over. Uh, and he sent it over very, to me very specifically. Uh, because I'll just give you what it is first. This is, uh, the Great Divide Barrel Age Series Yeti Imperial Stout. Okay. 
An excellent, excellent beer. I've, I've had good. one or two of these yep. over the years. Uh, this one was bottled the day before I registered Craft Computing as a channel on YouTube. Oh, I registered Craft okay. Computing on March 23rd of 2017. Now, I didn't post a video until July, but I was thinking about branding and launching and, and whatnot. Not necessarily as, you know, this will be my full-time job eventually, but making sure I was doing everything right and making sure I had a plan in place before I just turned on the camera and hit go. Uh, but March 23rd was the day I registered my YouTube channel. This was bottled the day before. So you, go, it, you, you gotta make it like a 10 year open. Yeah. Like it, it, this is, this is maybe a five year open. Uh, cause right. yeah, 2022 would be the five year. And so maybe on, on March 23rd, I'll, I'll open this bottle up, uh, you know, a nice five year age. We gotta do yeah. something special for, for 10 year, you know, like crack open a utopia or we'll something. We'll all go to Vegas. Yeah, well, <laughs> why not? <laughs> right? All well, right. Let's do, let's do craft computing in Hawaii. Yeah. So thank you very much. Uh, however you want to say your Discord name. It's always weird trying to figure out how some people pronounce their Discord names. But MICD87, thank you. All right. The next two boxes are on top of being extremely heavy. Uh, 11 pounds each. I hope they're all light beers. Yeah. Uh, knowing Novella, that will not be the case. I know, but I, I can I can still pray. Right. It would be a great practical joke. On oh, it mind. would be. It'd be fantastic. Um, what's funny is the biggest case that John has received uh, using my P.O. box was a case of Pepsi. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> and that was a great practical joke. <laughs> all right. God bless whale pods. Okay. Oh, you're going to be mad. I'm already mad that you get the beer. Oh, no. <laughs> you're going to be mad. I don't feel like sharing the beer I'm going to have in May with you. So there's a full case in here. We'll start with some labels you recognize. Ah, uh, you... I saw like five of them as soon as I cracked the box. Uh, so we've got an Anchorage Brewing Company, Better This Way, Double IPA, Double Dry Hopped with Strata, uh, Melba, Galaxy, and Moteku, or Moteka Hops. Uh, we've got the Death of Civilization One Heavy Imperial India Pale Ale oh, from Aborit Theory. Adria Theory. Yep, Adria Theory, think, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, 8%. Uh, let's see. Yeah, I think that place is like right by him too. Yeah. What is this one? That's kind of a cool can. Uh, is that Nightmare Brewing? That might be Nightmare Brewing. The text is a little too dark. I don't know if I can make it out. Is it that green little logo on the side? Is it a little Grim Reaper? Yeah, little little casket. Uh, uh, casket, I don't know. No, yeah. That's not Nightmare Brewing. Blood Eagle... Scandinavian style sour ale. I don't see a brewery on it though. Anyway, seven and a half percent. Oh, we've got. I, I'm that, digging the. He is up is, my alley with the can art cool. this, this that time. Is cool can art. Um. So this one is uh, uh Adrian. Yeah. Adrian. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Adrian Theory Brewing. Uh, this is the Ghost Eight Ninety Eight. Uh, what kind of beer? 
triple IPA. Ten <laughs> percent. So right up there with the uh, uh Indeed Brewing, the Queen. Okay. Uh, here's another Anchorage. Uh, you'll be fine from Anchorage. That one I've had. Yep. So. Yep. That's a good one. I have not had that one. <laughs> uh, fourth Orbit Double IPA. KCBC. Yeah, oh, yeah. KCBC. Uh, there's another Anchorage back here. Oh, Beyond Repair. I've had a Beyond Repair. Yeah, it's a very good one. one. Yeah. Uh, Montgomery Brewing Groot Slang Barrel Aged Imperial Stout. That's interesting. Yeah. 10.3. Just just barrel aged or anything special? Just barrel aged imperial stout. That's what it said. Okay. Uh, another you'll be fine. I've got two of them. Ooh. All right. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, the rabble are refused. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's I have a, that, but. That's a good one. Hazy Imperial IPA, 10%. Yep. The little Cobra Commander like, kind of style. Yeah. yeah. I forget what the. Um, <laughs> Steve knows the guy's name. Yeah. <laughs> and another Anchorage, not for not your kind of people. Uh, yeah, double IPA, 8.4. I've not had that one. So yeah, he hit me with, uh, I think, four out of the five uh, Anchorages in there. I have not had. So. Nope. That's one. <laughs> I think the other one's for me. It's a duplicate. Yeah. You know what? There might be one or two in here for you if you have not had them. So we'll, we'll make it fair-ish. I need to refill that whole section uh, starting May 1st, Jeff. So. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's just like, oh, I'm going to dump all of this. That's right. You haven't even bought beer this month, have you? I have No, actually, I did buy... Uh, in preparation, I bought some uh, Sunday. <laughs> some, some some celebratory May 1st some beers? celebratory. Uh, no, I found some, uh, what brewery was it called? An East Coast brewery. It was actually a brewery in Florida. Ruse, I think it was not Ruse. Um, out of order. Or they make these out of order uh, sour beers. Uh-huh. And uh, I paid 10 bucks a beer for them. They are uh, very expensive. One, two, three, four, five, six. Another seven Anchorage. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, they're fantastic, though. You can't go wrong with Anchorage. Get Thicker I... Skin? Uh, you know, I don't think I've had that I, one. I've not had this one. Uh, double IPA, 8.4. Usually any of the Wolf-style ones are yeah. fantastic. Uh, nervous. I think Anchorage. I've had that one. Yeah. Yes, I've had that one. I think I've had this one. I recognize or, the can. Or if I haven't had it, I recognize the can. I yeah. might still have it. Yeah. Uh, I like you. Oh, I did not get a chance to buy that one. Yep. Yeah, I, I haven't had this one yet either. Another another 8.4 double. I know you know oh. that one. Yep. What mask? Anchorage. Yep. Yep. Uh, double dry hopped with Galaxy. Did he just go to like Tavor? <laughs> I'm, just like... I'm assuming so. Uh, I've had ooh, that one. Night Vision. Yeah. Yeah. I've had that one. Uh, let's see. Oh, another get thicker skin. So I got mine. I got a couple of those then. Those are mine. <laughs> Self destruct. 
Uh, that one I don't know I, if I, I have. I don't. I haven't even seen this can before. I haven't even seen that. Yeah, it doesn't look familiar to yeah. me. So double dry hopped four times. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> That's not. Or sorry, double double IPA dry hopped four times. Sorry, okay. I, I, I heard. I like... Sorry, no, I, I saw the double right on top of it, and so my brain immediately went DDH. <laughs> but no, dry hopped four times. Then. Uh, Pig Destroyer, again from uh, from Adria. Adria, okay. Uh, Dumpster Fire 2020 from Surly. <laughs> I have seen that. Or I, I've seen pictures of it, but I yeah. haven't seen it. I've seen yeah. the can online, but I, I yeah. haven't had one yet. Uh, another Surly. Uh, Damien, Child of Darkness. Haven't seen that one before. Yeah. And by the way, can I just say again, Novella Hub, killing it with the can art. Holy crap, these are all amazing. Uh, Insight Brewing French Toast Brown Ale. Oh, yeah, toast. I want toast. And last up, another KCBC uh, Kung Fu Karaoke IPA. I've had that one. Have you? Yeah, nice. I've had that one. Excellent. Thank you. 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 They send it to you is just because you have a P.O. box. I should get a P.O. box. You should. I should just get it. That way I can just start handing it out to people. But send me stuff. Send me stuff. You know, that's not how I use it, John. Well, I kind of use it that way for Wednesdays because my P.O. box is down below. So Yeah, your P.O. box in case anyone wants to ship him some more beers or graphics cards or whatever, you know. Yep. Uh, anyway, welcome to the show. Uh, John, you want to introduce what you're drinking and I will, uh, get mine out of the fridge. All right. So I am going to be having, uh, a non-alcoholic as Jeff probably knows. Um, but it is a special one. It is from Japan. It is a, uh, I don't know if that's a K or an H. Pitachiano Nest. It is a Yuzu and Ginger Pale Ale. Coming in at 0.2%. So I thought the flavor-wise was fantastic. Also, this is the most expensive non-alcoholic beer I have ever purchased this month. Coming in at around $6. So $6 for 12 ounces and 0.2% alcohol. With floaty from Japan. Mm, I don't know if that smells any good. You don't look like you're. Uh, so thrilled. I don't know if you're. So this is a a Japanese um, yuzu and ginger pale. Okay. At coming at two percent, it also costs six dollars. Okay. Um, no. It's got a weird aroma. Usually with ginger, there's a bit of a spice, and there's no spice or kick to it. Yeah. No, I, I had some, some ginger beer this evening and uh, and whatnot. Yeah, that's one thing I like about ginger beer is you, you've a got kick. a kick and a little heat behind it. and Yeah. You know. And even Yuzu has something. There's Yeah, there's not... It just very subtle at the back end that's all it is and yeah i don't know it, it is better than that stout i had last time <laughs> way better than that that brown see-through <laughs> stout 
Oh, you know what's funny is I've watched that clip like six times this week, and I laugh my head off every single time. It was so perfect. It was so organic. Uh, let's see if I can shine a light through mine. Nope. Nope. That was so good. Uh, we do have a $5 donation from Novella Hub. Thank you so much. Uh, he just wants us to know he is drinking a Shakopee Brew Hall Head of Turtles 2021 Imperial Pastry Sout, 12.8%. Everyone does this to me. He did that just for me. I know that. I know he did. I know he did. Um, so I'm I'm going a little a little lighter for you. I've I've only got a, an Imperial IPA and only 12 ounce. It's uh, Rogue's Colossal Cloud, 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 Cloud. Yeah, whatever. Cloud, I believe it is. Uh, it's been a few decades since Colossal Cloud sighting has been reported, but we're fairly certain this massive sea monster has been laying low off the coast of its favorite brewery. Word has it that. Word has it that after years of terrifying sailors and feasting on salmon, he acquired a taste for hops. So we brewed this Imperial IPA with a colossal dose of Cascade, Chinook, Citra, and Stratera, or Strata, excuse me, uh, hops in hope of coaxing Claude out to join us for a pint. And this, I believe, was nine and a half. Oh, eight, two, eight, two. You know, they're throwing Imperial IPA around there kind of loosely with an 8.2%. Well, I mean, that is, yeah, that's not even technically. It's not technically Imperial. It should be no. 10 if it's Imperial. That double uh, double digit gets you, or 9, 7. Or... Eight, 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 so technically from the beer's judging uh, competition, so mm -hmm. to be a beer judge, uh, it's 8.5. 8.5? Because I knew 8.0 was double. Uh, 8.8. Eight, uh, so I, yeah, I thought it was I thought it was under the nines high nines. No, so yeah, so to be a, a beer judge, a certified beer judge, mm -hmm. and to know your classification that says a double is eight minimum eight point five and up. Okay, and and then eight four eight five and down is still a single. So that is pushing it. <laughs> but technically, they could just say whatever mm. they want, right? You know. Ooh. Um, and I've had that one before. It's it's got a bite. This is different. It's very very different. Um, where usually IPAs are not this thick. This is a I I don't want to call it a juicy IPA because it's actually fairly clear. I mean it's not like crystal clear, but it's it's not dark either. Uh, but. It drinks very much like a juicy, like it is. It is heavy. Oh, well, that that could be why they're calling it a double, is because they could have just doubled the malt, but it didn't ferment mm -hmm. to be that high. Right. That's true. That's true. Yeah, that's a little different. Um, definitely not what I was expecting. I, I think I'm going to reserve judgment until I uh, try that one a couple more times because. I hear Rogue, I hear IPA, I usually go, oh, I know what this is going to be within a margin of like 15%. And this is like 40% the other direction. So <laughs> I'm going to acclimate to it first and then I'll review it. All right. Well, that was fun. Yay. <laughs> Let's go but ahead. Know, but you know what is going to be fun? Yes. Next year. Next year. Yes. Uh, is there light at the end of the tunnel? Maybe, maybe. Uh, so, uh, 
yeah, getting into the news, there might be a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel. Uh, CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, has announced that it will return to Las Vegas on an in-person basis uh, starting on January 4th this next year, uh, with January 2nd and 3rd being uh, press days. So again, we're going in a rotation. So Rhett is going to be joining me again for the live. No. <laughs> oh, you. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll be willing to push it back. You know, I'll have to move some things around, but you're welcome yeah, to go. <laughs> John can just show up and he can carry our bags. Yeah. He'll be our man. Kind of like Pax. <laughs> i know i saw the dates too I was like oh these all work for me this year too. yeah nope no it's nice and early it's uh it's essentially january 2nd through 8th yeah. uh so we'd uh we'd fly in we'll do our coverage and we'll see what uh how the rest of the year shakes out but uh if if ces is a go and it all it also kind of depends on the current global situation and how everything's looking. But I'm vaccinated. My wife is vaccinated. Uh, you know, we're we're starting to feel a little better around here. A little bit more comfortable. A little little bit less worried about things. Uh, definitely not there yet. But as long as everything shakes out, we'll be in Vegas in January. Woohoo! Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> hopefully. 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 Oh, for all you know, your channel could just tank within the next you right. know, seven months. Right. <laughs> Not, likely. No, Not likely. No one no one wants to watch Tech and Beer anymore. Right. This is stupid. I, I will <laughs> say, um it, I've said this a couple of times and it, it's it's it comes across as a humble brag, but it's it's a humble brag. Uh <laughs> that my channel has never had a downward trajectory. I've never had a bad month. I've had month where viewership is down. But my subscriber count has only reduced itself like 11 days in four years. And two of those were YouTube purges. And yeah. seven of those days were a week after I got the YouTube Creator on the Rise Award. And I had 40,000 people subscribe to me in, in the course of a month. And then 3,000 unsubscribed. Because they went, oh, he doesn't put out the the kind of content. It, it's not the Wish video. I wanted more Wish unboxings. Yeah. And, and whatnot. He doesn't just unbox. Oh, he does ads? How dare he? I didn't start <laughs> ads for another two years after that video. <laughs> I know you did the Dollar Shave Club uh, pretty early. That's true. No, right at, that's right. Uh, Dollar Shave Club I did in the months following the Wish.com video. Uh, but what's really funny is in the Wish.com video, I thank you for 10,000 subscribers. That's how I open it. <laughs> Welcome back to Craft Computing, all 10,000 of you. As always, I'm Jeff. It's one of the only times I've broken cadence from that once I established that as my opening. And uh, and see, I said all 10,000 of you because the day before it launched, I hit 10,000 subscribers. Day before I recorded it, I hit 10,000 subs. <laughs> that was only, that was only, that was less than three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. And and like I said, my my channel has never seen backwards trajectory. I've I've never lost subs. I've never so humble brag, but also really cool. <laughs> so, and you guys are also awesome. I mean, yeah. I, I was talking to that, but John's oh, oh, John's cool too. John's cool too. I was I was I was like, you're welcome, Jeff. Yes, thank you. Ah. Uh, 
All right. So yeah, hopefully we will be back in Las Vegas on the on the CES show floor doing teach our Jason how to drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be good. I don't know. Jason might be a little gun shy after getting COVID last CES. Yeah, so. <laughs> I think I thought he was the, the cause. Patient zero. I'm pretty he, sure he was. He was among patient zero. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, oh, and I, I did have someone comment early on, right as I was finishing up the uh, uh, the, the beer opening. Uh, do I like uh, tactile or linear switches? I think this is a, a good little side piece because we don't have much news tonight so we're gonna we're we're gonna take a couple comments from the audience ever so often uh let me just say as a public service announcement if you or a loved one is thinking about buying and customizing and building their own mechanical keyboard there's no hope you will never financially recover from this uh i am very much a tactile switch person uh i i i pretty much love cherry mx browns that's usually my my uh my cap or my switch of choice however i i a lot of you saw the review that i did of the uh the marsback m1 the the disco fever keyboard yeah um rgb overload rgb everything keyboard i've actually changed that over to my primary keyboard for my streaming rig because it's nice and compact but it is solid as all heck and uh, and i went i love how rigid this keyboard i mean it's an inch thick of acrylic underneath it like it's insane um and so there's no flex it's one of the best typing keyboards i've ever had especially now that i swapped the key switches out for gateron greens and let me tell you like like the the linear switches that they had they're among the smoothest i've ever used but i'm a typist first and a gamer second when it comes to keyboards and linears don't they just don't do it for me with typing. I, I end up making a lot more mistakes because I'll barely glance a key trying to type very, very quickly. And, and it'll input like three key inputs. And it's like, no, that's not what I wanted to do. And so on linears, I find myself backspacing more than I'm going forward. Uh, but I swapped this out for greens and oh my God, I'm sold. Not only <laughs> am I sold on like, I love green switches now. Uh, I just bought an entire new set of green switches and uh, uh, 100% CNC aluminum uh, keyboard case and a custom PCB and a set of custom keycaps. Like $287 later, I have a keyboard for my other computer on its way. <laughs> so... <sighs> that maniac was just like uh drooling the whole time oh oh i know he was uh, i i actually tagged him on on twitter and uh like this is all your fault <laughs> uh like i hate you right now and and what's funny is i have certain aspects of tech that i have in intentionally not gotten into because i know me i i understand my buying habits and my obsessiveness and my uh, everything else that goes into like buying decisions that I make, I understand me. And keyboards are a bad thing to be in. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, now, I'm going to try to stop with just these two. <laughs> no, probably not. We all know that, I won't. That, that's, that's like Jeff saying, yeah, I'm just going to have these two beers. <laughs> and it's a Saturday night. And <laughs> um, I only bought three lenses this week. <laughs> yeah. 
hey, two of them are really good deals. So <laughs> that's how the sickness begins. I uh, know, no, no. It's a really bad thing that I decided to make my second professional career revolve around video gear and and cameras and lenses because I'm on eBay and and Amazon and and B and H like every day looking for sales, looking for, I don't need more lenses. I, I use the Sigma 18 to 35, 85% of the time on my main rig. That doesn't mean I don't have 12 lenses. <laughs> and, and every once in a while, it's fun to take a lens out and challenge myself to like, you're going to do all of your B roll with this one lens this week. You're not going to switch. You're not going to use the Sigma. You're going to, you're going to try to do some more unique things and some different camera moves and different angles and, and whatnot. And sometimes the results are really cool. Now, what I do need is that Laowa 24 millimeter probe lens. <laughs> I need that lens, like, yeah. You need that lens for a five second shot. That's it, that's all you need it for. Yep, yep, <laughs> yep. totally worth it. I will say Bad Seed bought one and, and he's he's done a couple of uh, of just like one, one motion camera moves. It's like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> <laughs> like uh, like it's right there yeah 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 i bet even while filming it you're like yeah that's mm -hmm. good mm. <laughs> it is so good when uh when i'm like i i have a 2800 rhino slider fully fully automated it's just a beautiful thing and you would not believe how many times i'm behind the camera going oh god yeah <laughs> just just like watching watching the the monitor tilt across and going oh that's going to be a great shot oh, yeah, I, know. <laughs> I know i know i i love it when i'm in editing and it's just like oh that turned out so much better than i thought yep oh that was so nice yep <laughs> i remember filming the episode that uh building my pc that didn't turn out mm -hmm. or it was like one of the ones but we we're oh no it was the firestone walker and we had to make the uh manhattan oh yeah and you were like, oh, yeah, that's a good shot. And yeah. you're like panning over the liquor. You're like, yeah, this is looks good. So, no one else cares, but I care. <laughs> but I care. Right. Uh, Joe, $5 super chat. Thank you so much, Joe. As a virtual event producer, I can't wait to be back in, in the ballroom uh, and exhibit hall. Yeah, no, uh, I fully agree there. Um, I mean, as much fun as it is to do the live shows and as, as happy as I am that our live shows have survived uh, not being able to do them in person, I can't wait to be able to do them in person again. Uh, and, and maybe we go to a hybrid system where, you know, once a month I'll have someone in studio and the other three weeks we, we don't. That way it's easier on myself, easier on the co-hosts and everything else, especially because we film so late. And so maybe once a month we have one person in studio. Uh, just to get some of that feel back because gosh, I think the majority of talking heads have now been remote or almost. Yeah, I think so. It it's gonna be close if I go back and look at the numbers. Um no, we were over a hundred. That's right. We were over a hundred in person, but I think from one twenty. So we've done sixty-five episodes remote at this point ish. <laughs> like it's uh that's a third. Yeah. Coming up there. Yeah. Uh, Merton Cosworth, $5 donation. Thank you so much, Cosworth. Uh, so when is Jeff going to try Home Assistant? I dabble with Home Assistant every so often. Um, it's been less of a need lately because I replaced uh, a lot of my Wi-Fi bulbs that were in my office here. 
uh, with just straight up Bluetooth or even manual adjust lights. Um, I, I needed some more control of lighting here in my studio and I, I ended up spending a lot of money on some brand new lighting systems. Uh, I got a couple of very, very good uh, uh, key and and fill lights, as well as the two fill lights that I have overhead, which is why my colored backgrounds have like jumped up a major notch and why I have proper lighting on my face with the right shadows and things. I even have a light over my head that gives me just a little bit of a yellow glow. That's not the Edison bulb behind me. That's a light on the ceiling pointing down. Like I went, I went all out on some of the stuff lately. <laughs> um, I know, I know. Sorry, Rambo's been yelling at my door and keeping the kids awake, so. Now he's back inside. He wanted in because uh, I left my window open. So he's got to go sit up there. All right. Uh, do cherry switches have a standard base so you can swap uh, the colors? Uh, there are two, two types of keyboard switches for the most part. There are hot swappable and non-hot swappable. Uh, the switches themselves are basically the same thing. It's whether or not you solder them into the board. And so the PCB is what dictates if it's hot swappable or not. Um, most keyboards that you get, unless they advertise hot swappable are soldered boards. Um, but what's funny is while I was shopping for my, the keyboard that I ended up just buying the, all the different pieces, I realized that my daily driver keyboard for the last three years has hot swappable switches. So I could have just replaced the switches Swapped in it, up. but what's the fun in that? <laughs> That's like just changing the tires on your car. Like I said, I, I know me and keyboards are a problem. And so I'm trying to do it right one time and then never again. And we all know that's a lie. <laughs> because he's like, it's right, mm -hmm. but it could be righter. Right. <laughs> well, it was right for the time, but now the situation's changed. Like, um, So I'm building a keyboard to match my new workstation. Uh, I, I bought a brushed aluminum case specifically to sit next to my brushed aluminum PC. <laughs> Oh, oh, I know, oh, I know. So, oh, I... It's so difficult up here in the 1%. It really is. <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, yes, I have to get a new beer glass to match my beer bottle every time. Yep, yep. <laughs> Blame Manic Geek? No, I specifically tagged Manic Geek when I, as soon as I ordered it, I, I, I snapshotted the order and I sent it to him and I went, this is your fault. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little mad at you right now. All right, moving right along. Uh, there's a new rumor surrounding Apple that the 24-inch uh, iMac that just debuted a couple of weeks ago will be the last Mac computer featuring the Apple M1 processor. Uh, it's already obsolete. It's already obsolete, yeah. And I feel great with the MacBook M1. Actually, no, I still stand by. My M1 MacBook is the best laptop I've ever owned. Uh, but Apple is reportedly entering mass production on their M2 next generation CPU. Uh, they will be using TSMC and will be on a five nanometer, uh, architecture. And that's about all we know. <laughs> yep. That's it. It might be premiering sometime in July. Right. Uh, yeah, maybe sometime in July. Uh, but that's, that's really about it. That's, that's all we know. Um, uh, I will say the M1 is an insane CPU and it's only 35 watts. And boy, if they crank that thing to 11, that's going to be a good chip. <laughs> it, uh, I, I feel the same way about the M1 as I feel 
as I felt about Ryzen when they launched in 2017. Ryzen or Ryzen 2? Zen 1, the the original Zen 1, you know, the Ryzen... 1600 and 1700 like um i went out and bought a 1700 because it's like holy crap that's a hell of a processor um eight core 16 threads competes at least on the same stage as like a 7820x like it loses but not by the margin it should being it's only a third the cost like that's that's kind of what we were looking at and going man if they can just dial this in a little bit more. Intel's going to be in trouble. We said it all the way back then. We, uh, I said it on episode one of Talking Heads of yeah. uh, when when we talked about Threadripper launching. Uh, that man, this is going to be game changing. And and if they can start to get up to that level where they're actually competing blow for blow with Intel, it's going to be a fun couple of years. What followed were a fun couple of years, and yeah. and all of a sudden here we are, and Intel's the budget king, and like you can get a six core overclockable chip for like 240 bucks. <laughs> Competition's great. Yeah, no, as long as, but now we have to be able to get access to them. Right. And yeah, they're, they're all in short supply. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I feel the same way about the M1 as I did about those early Zen CPUs going, man, these are so great and they're so efficient and they're hitting so far above their weight class. Um, man, just imagine if they produce a 60 watt chip or just imagine if their graphics processor is, is dialed in a little bit more, which it's already pretty good. Like, like I think early results were like GTX 1050 Ti to GTX 1060 level performance. By the way, that's baked inside that chip and it still only draws 35 watts. Like it's good. It's really good. Uh, if they can get it with more I.O., so more USB, more PCI Express slots, better better integration of, of those type of components. If they can get it with more CPU cores and more GPU cores, it's going to be good. So I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward yep. to to seeing what uh, what is out there. Yeah, but yeah, so far, like you said, we have no idea anything what uh, M2 or Gen 2 mm-hmm will be and yep. hopefully we'll know really soon because general is right around the corner dark storm says apple high cost generally they have that they have that uh reputation what i will say this laptop is on par minus the graphics but only slightly because if you consider i was looking at a uh, an asus uh zephyrus g14 uh, with the 4800H and an RTX 2060. Uh, came with essentially the same screen, about a 1440p screen. Uh, this one's slightly under 1440p, but it's, again, in the ballpark. It's uh, 2300 by... A, it's it's higher than 1080, but not 1440. Uh, but it comes with a GTX 1060 class GPU instead of a GTX, or an RTX 2060 class GPU or CPU. So it's lower graphically, but it's also only 35 watts for the whole thing instead of being 95 watts with the GPU and CPU combo. Uh, It's a thinner laptop. It has faster USB connectivity. Uh, Now it has fewer ports and that's certainly a bummer, but this laptop was also $200 less than the Zephyrus G14. Like, 
I didn't spend 1800 when I could have spent 13. I spent 13 when I could have spent 15. So take it for what it is. Next up, uh, Google done goofed. <laughs> well, at least in Argentina. <laughs> uh, well, Google as a whole done goofed because these are regular things that web providers should take care of. And they didn't. Uh, yes. Uh, so Google in Argentina, uh, let their domain registration lapse and an Argentinian national bought it for two pounds <laughs> or yeah. about $5, I think is what he paid for the registration. It was somewhere between four and $5. Uh, but yeah, google.com.ar is now the property of an individual in Argentina. Uh, and he bought it through a regular process of an abandoned domain name where that domain is no longer registered to the affiliated owner. It's available. Yeah. <laughs> and he bought no, it. Yeah. So I, I did a little more digging on this. And actually, so what ended up happening was he got a notification on his WhatsApp saying that, hey, Google in my area is down. Mm -hmm. So he just was like, oh, okay, whatever. And just tried doing it. Google was down. So he went to a domain area. Hey, it's for sale. Okay. He went through the proper processes. Yeah and everything and it, it sold yeah he went through a domain registrar and yeah. bought the domain 100 percent legally and so what ended up happening for a short period of time he was the recipient of you know eighty thousand constant people pinging that address or whatever how many people are doing at one time i did find out though that he uh they gave it back to google and they did not refund this man yeah so, uh, although, I mean, what did, what did he lose? He thought he was actually in trouble. Right. Um, but he, he didn't. Nothing nothing got charged. Uh, Google now owns back their domain. Um, yeah. And they owe him five bucks. Yep. Essentially. Yep. Now, if Google wants to spend this as a great PR story, go give that dude $10,000. Yep. Just write him a check. Thank you. We screwed up. You Thank bought you the domain. You were a good sport. You didn't hold on to it. You didn't squat on it. You didn't make our lawyers get involved. You simply said, you can have it back. Yeah. Here's $10,000. Thank you very much. That is good PR. That's good PR, you know. Or now, then, you know, put, put a, a painting of his face on, on Google search for a month or something like that, you mm -hmm. know. But yeah, uh, so far nothing has happened. Um, and this happened about two days ago. So maybe something will, but usually Google is pretty responsive really fast and something like ten thousand dollars for them is pennies i mean they do that on coffee for one office for a day right you know yeah um so but no i i i would fully not only like would like but expect google to reach out and make it worth this guy make yeah. make it worth it for this guy you know give it give it all a very happy story or a happy ending yeah but there are people that do go out there and do this type mm -hmm. of thing where they scan sites and domains to see yep. when a major players are going down and then do do that. Basically, I'm going to hold this name ransom yeah, um, for X amount of dollars or whatever, you know, someone like holding craftcomputing.com, for example. <laughs> well, they're technically in the right there because 
I didn't buy it when I had the opportunity to. I wanted to sit on it overnight. And uh, the next day, someone had bought it and supply and demand. Yep. They have it. <laughs> I, I didn't have a, a legal entity yet. Now, if I... I, I couldn't even sue or take legal action against them because I... You had nothing, essentially. I had nothing. I had nothing when they purchased it. I can't just all of a sudden create a business and go, that's mine now. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Uh, domain registration is a very lucrative business if you stumble onto the right one. Uh, and someone saw that Craft Computing got a hit. They scooped it up for... It was like 25 bucks, and now they're trying to sell it for 2500 Yep. Cool. You can have it. I, I don't need it. <laughs> yep, but no, I mean, that is... I don't need it yet. I don't need yeah. it yet. That is, things, that is uh, things people do, and because this guy didn't do that, I agree with you. Google should, in good faith, uh, and PR, be like, hey, here, here's $10,000. Thank you for holding it for us so no one else did this. Mm -hmm. Or scalped it, you know, something along that line. All right. Uh, see, one more story, and then I'm going to need a, a refill here. Yeah, this I'm was only a 12-ouncer. Uh, this one was funny, and it was funny in a, a couple of different ways. Um, so this is uh, uh, on IGN's website, but it was covered by a, a number of different uh, outlets, uh, that drones in Shanghai, China, had formed a scannable QR code uh, in the sky, a la what Intel did at the last couple Olympics with doing like sky riding with, you know, a thousand drones. Uh, they did sky riding, but with a QR code <laughs> that you could scan to download a mobile game. Yeah, it's, I thought that was hilarious. I think it's pretty brilliant. Uh, yeah. Now, the IGN page, for whatever for reason, re doesn't have a picture of it. I know. But this was the picture that I originally saw. That's the one I did too, but the article I kept finding were horrible articles. At least this article kind of explained a bit more. Exactly. Yeah, at least explained what it was instead of just yeah. going, OMG, they made OMG, a QR code in the sky. Yeah, yeah. Uh. Right. Download our mobile app. No. Uh, yeah, uh, the first thing I thought of when I saw this image, Borg Cube. Oh, really? Uh, I, that's pretty good. I was thinking, um, uh, what's that Harrison for? Blade Runner. Oh, yeah. All yeah. 3D. The, the, uh, the 3D hologram the 3D billboard hologram, productions. Like, yeah. I was like, oh, this is going to be the new way people advertise now. This is cool. Yeah. No, uh, I saw this, and I, I saw it on my phone, and I went, that looks like a board cube floating above Shanghai. <laughs> oh, man. How cool would it be if they did create a 3D cube board cube? Yeah. Uh, or, or just even you know, a QR code, but all completely surrounded. That way it did look like a Borg cube. Yeah. Uh, that, or, you know, just a cube in general. I would think it was a giant Borg cube. Um, but yeah, this took 1,500 drones. It didn't do just do the QR code. It did, you know, some script or some, like you said, um, words and did some anime characters from the mobile game. But yeah, the big deal was to anyone could scan this and download the game. Yeah. Which is a free-to-play free game with, you know, inside advertisement. But. Yeah. <laughs> right, of course. Yeah, no, uh, I thought it was pretty clever marketing. I I, I think that's uh, that's a fun thing, a fun thing that they did. Uh, I don't yeah. know if they'd ever get clearance 
in the year. states to ever do that because of the FAA and their very anti-drone stances. But eh. yeah, if you, you need uh, a pilot's license to to videography or and, and a video videography pilot's license to uh, to to film a real estate thing. It's like it's a four hundred gram drone that can't go into commercial space like <laughs> let's call it what it is if it falls and hits someone that's one thing and i can see you know you need a, a certain insurance package if you want to fly it commercially or something like that but telling me i need a full fully fledged pilot's license is another thing entirely well it's kind of funny because so about what four years ago when that still big um uh drone like build your own drone kit for a really really popular i know they probably yeah. still are but uh, my uh, owner, the, the manager at my work, him and my boss mm-hmm. built their own drone and they attached the camera. Is it one of those wanted... massive six rotor ones? Yes. Okay. Yeah. You know, or you, you built it yourself and everything like yeah. that and you bought all the parts and they mounted their own camera on it and they built their own remote and they wanted to do a, a, a promotional video instead of just buying a drone. You know, yeah. They had to build it. Uh, a promotional video of the building and like, Oh, I want to get the aerial shot for the website. It's going to mm-hmm. be so cool back when, you know, all those things are popular. Yeah. Our building is literally right next to the freeway. Like there's building yeah. parking lot freeway. Yeah. Uh, to I five. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the drone went up and moved, but apparently the forward, they got it backwards where forward was back and backward was forward. And they, thought they were going forward but they went backwards toward the freeway and then the signal cut out yep that that is not going that is not the place to test your drone piloting prowess yeah and luckily luckily there they did it right in front of an overpass sign Uh and it perfectly just the the signs like this and it perfectly thing and just held there yeah and it was like if it just did a couple more feet and fell right into the freeway on someone's oh. car. I mean, it was saved of like, oh I'm, my gosh. <laughs> I'm going to take back my stance. FAA, you go ahead and uh, create whatever system you need to keep the public safe from <laughs> so, so with, John's with manager. That, I, I can I can think of like, okay, yeah, maybe that should be regulated. But in a residential neighborhood, I think you're fine. You know? Yeah. Yeah, if you if you fall and you crash and you hit someone's car, okay, great. But you should maybe you should at least then have just like insurance. Yeah. You know, you know, you got to pay five bucks a month in case something happens and you fall in someone's residential car. Mm-hmm. That insurance pays for that person's car, debt. their house. You also have to consider medical in case you you know. Yeah. So, a, a drone like and and not to belittle the argument, but a drone falling from four hundred feet, regardless of if it's two hundred fifty grams or a thousand grams is going to hurt and yeah. and it's it's not only going to hurt but it could be fatal and so there it, it's not necessarily something to like just gloss over but it is something that uh oh, is youtube getting enough data the world is going on my uh oh. wow my upload just tanked uh it looks fine on my end like youtube you actually you started right there hmm. your yeah your video feed is is choppy when I see your hand. It 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 kind of chops. Yeah, interesting. Hmm. I mean, it, it still looks good, but yeah, it, the, it looks like the frame rate dropped. Yeah. Interesting. No, it 
Okay, there we're smoother. That was weird. Yeah, all of a sudden, uh, OBS was giving me red lights and warnings and stuff. Huh. Uh, we dropped 2,800 frames over the last couple of minutes. Super stuttery, yeah. Uh, it's better on my side now. Look, Looks cleaner on my end, so... <laughs> All fine here, laggy right now. Yeah, I I don't know what the heck happened. Weird. How's audio? Yeah. Hmm. Cool, cool. Laggy for me. Not exactly 4K Dolby Vision, but still. Yeah. No. It, yeah. I mean, looks all, it looks all right. Looks all right. Maybe it's just a YouTube thing. Yep. Ooh. Ugh. Could be just YouTube. We'll see. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's been choppy on and off for about ten minutes. Okay. Who knows about the drone? Um, I don't know. It, it's it's a hard it's a hard issue. A lot of them now too. There's there's so many of these smarter drones now that if they do lose a signal, they know how to pre-program themselves to land. Yeah. Too. So right. They already have the automatic takeoff, the automatic land. Um, if you're going too crazy, they take over themselves and and. Yeah, balance themselves out now. So they're way easier to drive nowadays than they were, you know, the first generation that came out when stuff like, oh, I, I programmed it wrong and it just takes off. You yeah. know, um, that overcorrectedness on the controller, that's gone now. You you can easily throttle that back, that sensitivity down. Like my brother got, got a drone and he's never flown one before. And he was like, after... 10 minutes. He's like, oh, watch this. And flying yeah. it around. Right. No, I've, I've owned a number of different drones. Um, I have a uh, uh, Parrot Bebop 2 right now. I only got that. Um, it's not the best videography drone, but it's a fun drone to just fly up and look at things. And that's mostly what I like to do. I don't do pro videography with the drone. Um, but I, I've owned a DJI Phantom 3 Pro. Uh, I've, I've had a couple of other smaller drones. Um, but the Bebop's kind of fun. Uh uh, I, I've been thinking about getting one of the newer DJI, uh, one of the new Mavic ones or the, the super tiny, like put in your backpack. The main oh, yeah, reason I, I like sold cold. the, yeah, the main reason I sold the Phantom was it was this freaking big. I mean, it was, yeah, you, you have to carry it. It was wider than my it. head yeah. and, and it was literally three times larger of a bag that I had to carry if I was just going to take like my laptop and my camera. Oh, and I want to take the drone. Okay. Let me grab an entirely separate backpack. That's double the size. And, yeah. and you get to drive and fly it for 10 minutes. Yeah. And, and you get 25 minutes of battery life, which means you're going to spend three minutes doing your pre-flight checks, making sure your rotors are good. Come up, come down, make sure everything's tight. Like go through your checks as you, as you would for any aerial vehicle. And then you've got 18 minutes to fly it. Oh, by the way, a new battery is 180 bucks. Good luck. <laughs> yeah. And so I didn't have the budget for new batteries. I didn't have, and, and all the places that I wanted to fly were like two hours away. So what do I do? Go fly for 20 minutes, get lunch while I wait two hours for the drone to charge and then go out for another 20 minutes. Oh, and yeah. a couple of times I actually did that. And, uh, went over some forest service area and it was absolutely gorgeous. And I was up in the air for about three minutes and a forest service helicopter came overhead. And so I had to drop out of the sky and, and land and, and wait for him to pass by. Got back up in the air, got to about 250, 300 feet and another one came by. So I had to drop out of the sky again. And, uh, you, and, and they were flying low. They were, they were under a thousand feet. And so 
they were within my airspace. And so I, I had to yield and, and drop out. It's like, well, there goes that. Yeah. <laughs> that was a fun way to spend it. Yeah. Up, down, up, down. Okay, uh, day's no. over. Cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. And sometimes if you do wait, then that weather turns within that two hours. What is the weight limit to not need an FAA license? I believe the regulation is 250 grams. And some of the newer Mavics, some of the really tiny ones, uh, do fall under that weight requirement. Um, and they're much more portable than they used to be. And it's great. Uh, yeah, no, they'll fit in a little thing. They're like the size of a Nintendo Switch. I yeah. mean, not the thickness, but, you know, Yeah, width. but a case a case like this big that I could stick in a camera bag because it takes up about the same size, about the same amount of space as my lens. Yeah, and then just so, all unfold, and there you go. You take a couple uh, extra wings in case they broke. Right. And you can take a spare battery all in a case this big. Right. Know, a size that big. Yeah. So. Yep. All right. Uh, what's up for your second beer? Nothing beer. special. Beer. <laughs> I beer. Will... Beer. I'll go get it. <laughs> uh, uh, well, I got to wait for go. John to come back now because it's not going to be any fun to announce what I'm having next. All right. I'll just go ahead and introduce the next oh, story. You know what? Oh. I can do so. oh, John's just talking in the lapel. Okay, got yeah. it. Hold on. We're a very professional outlet here. There we go. Okay. Uh, so, uh, next story while John is getting his beer is we'll we'll get into the segment of the show that we call Backdoors Are Bad, okay? And it is all about, uh, in this case, no one, no company creating a backdoor to let someone in. This is a case of... Uh, hackers creating their own backdoors into legitimate products. Uh, so the first case that we're going to look at is a password manager. And secondly, we're going to take a look at NVIDIA drivers. So both of them have had backdoor exploits uh, uh, occur in the last week or so. But first, I want to pour some beer. So John, what do you got? I will not be having a beer since... Uh... Well, we know it wasn't going to be a real beer. Beer, beer. but I actually, uh, my wife got into these, but she got into a lot of the CBD drinks. Yes. The beverages. So I will be having one of those instead just because I'm like, "Eh, they're in my fridge. So it'll be CBD watermelon. Ooh. I haven't seen that brand yet. Yeah. uh, She really liked, I I got her um, a couple of the um, Boneyard. Mm Mm-hmm. And then so she was like, oh, I, I like these. These are kind of like making me relaxed and I don't yeah. need alcohol type of a thing. Right, right. Great. Right. I, I, this works great for my month too. Let's go get some. Yeah. Um, so I went on the search. I found a bunch of them. Rogue makes their own now. Yep. No, I, I've got a couple um, of the Rogue ones in my fridge. I've got a couple Boneyards. I've got a yeah. couple from some other brands. Yeah. So, yeah. This, uh, <clears throat> so I went to John's Marketplace and basically bought every single one they had. Yeah. So... Yeah. Are you even giving it a glass? Look at that. That's right. So I figured I would uh, sign off John's month here on the show with the Bell's Brewing 35th Anniversary Expedition Stout Reserve. Of course you do. Of course. Uh, Extra special Russian Imperial Stout, 11.5%. There's a a good look at it. How many of those do you have? One. (laughs) <laughs> just that one. 
We don't get who did Novella Hub send you that? No, the, no, this one was not Novella Hub. Oh. Because I know we don't get bells. Nope, we don't get bells over here. Um, now I do have some. Uh, uh, hop slam. Hop slam for you guys. Yeah. Oh man, if you if you thought the Fremont was dark. <laughs> oh look at that head that is it, it, black it is as dark as the beer <laughs> yeah no that that was black you have your light <laughs> um i've got my my phone around here where's my phone i don't see my you phone me, oh. you want me to call it hold on uh uh, uh. i hope it shines through <laughs> I love that effect. <laughs> yeah. You know that's a good beer. Yes. Was Rambo chasing the light? Yeah, no, th uh, this one was from John. Uh, over in uh, Maryland, I believe, where John's at. I, was say, like, I, I wouldn't have sent you that beer. Yeah, no. No, the other John. The, J the John with the H. The John with the H who is still drinking beer today. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. No, he hey, sent he hey. sent this to me a couple of months ago, and it's been sitting in my fridge, and I've been waiting for the right moment to drink it. I, I feel I feel today is the right moment to drink it. Saturday. Uh, darker than wine, reddish black. No, it's pretty much all black. It's it's black. It, this this poured like Mr. Black coffee liqueur. <laughs> it really <laughs> did. Or the uh no, what's the uh, Kraken, uh, the, yeah, cr the Kraken Blackstrap. Uh, yeah, that they made a coffee rum, and oh my god, that's what this port like. I don't know. I was gonna say like that looks sicker. <laughs> mm-hmm. <clears throat> it even tastes like motor oil. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Uh, oh wow, yeah, was, was that bourbon? Whoa. I was. I was thinking because. Saturday or Friday night is the last midnight. Friday at midnight, yeah. I can drink again. And I was like, oh, I don't know. I thought, like, maybe, maybe I'll just go on the Discord and live stream it. Maybe start with a <laughs> session since your liver is not up to the task yet. Oh, I was like, no. Um, even today, I was like, oh, what, what liquor bottle should I just chug? <laughs> I should John, just destroy my liver. John, please don't die. <laughs> You just have to legally say that because it's on record right now. All right. All right uh, let's see. Holsky, 77. I just built an E5-2688 on a uh, machinist board for some aerial optimization work. Uh, cheers. Thanks for your vids. I have testing and assembly video uploading now. I had to lower my memory clocks from 2133 to 1866. 1866 is pretty respectable for those boards still. Uh, but, uh, uh, is 2688 or 2687? I don't remember. I don't recognize 2688. Oh, there's 2688 V4. Are you on a V4 motherboard? Could be a V4. Nope, I don't see that one either. Huh. I'm betting it's 2687W, which is also a phenomenal CPU. Um, but uh, no, very cool. Uh, let's see. 
All right. Uh, we were talking about or getting into the conversation of backdoors. And I'm calling this segment Backdoors Are Bad, okay? <laughs> okay. You like that? <laughs> uh, now, I, I kind of want to tie this into uh, the conversation about uh, Congress or governments trying to implement backdoors into legitimate products so you know so we can look at things and make sure the bad guys aren't doing anything bad and and that don't worry the bad guys will never ever get a hold of of these items just like the 1225 Ford fleet key or the NSA hacking tools or the let me let me go through the list of things that are common public knowledge that are not supposed to be civilian access like oh all of the tsa lock keys um that you can buy on ebay for like two dollars a piece like backdoors are inherently dangerous when it comes to security when it comes to privacy when it comes to a lot of different things uh now these backdoors were not put in place by these companies i want to make that extremely clear uh, uh, 2699, 2699 V4. Oh, beautiful CPU. Uh, I'm actually just now starting to play with a couple 2699 V3s. So yeah, 22 cores, big boy. Yes. No, I've, I've got a pair of the, uh, the 18 core, uh, 2699 V3s. So excellent. Glad it's, uh, glad it's working out for you. Yeah. Uh, you might be able to dial in 1866 or 2133 cause it is DDR4 and that should run, uh, and if you're on, but you're if you're on a machinist board, depending on if you're running ECC or not, uh, it, it could be a little wonky. So yeah, 1866 might still be fine for that though. But no, good chip, good chip. Anyway, I want to make explicitly clear that these companies did not put backdoors into their software, but the outcome is pretty much the same uh, as uh, as if they legitimately did. So first up, we have. Uh, password state is the name of the, uh, the program. Password state is a password manager and hackers managed to steal as many as 29,000, uh, enterprise accounts, uh, and all of their passwords completely unencrypted. Now, the reason they were able to do this is some hackers got into and took advantage of, uh, password states update mechanism very similar to the solar winds attack we saw a couple of months ago where people injected malicious code into a solar winds update and started taking over machines uh in this case they injected malicious code into a legitimate password state update package which gave them uh unencrypted access to the passwords because Password state holds the encryption key. And if you can tell the encryption key to, no, 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 just give me access to it too. All yeah. of a sudden it unlocks it. Um, and that's exactly what happened. So it was completely invisible to the end user. It was completely something that was pushed out legitimately uh, by their update <laughs> servers, or, or at least uh, uh, they tricked the program into going to different update servers, I think is, is how this one worked. Uh, and they were able to execute malicious code on the end user's machine and steal 29,000 accounts worth of passwords. Now that's not 29,000 passwords. That's 29,000 accounts worth of passwords. My password manager, I've got like 250 passwords in. 
if not more. So that's a lot of passwords. Yeah. Uh, I, I just loved the fact that the name that was it when they found it, what the, what it was called. Loader. 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 It's like, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so... Like that was click me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh... All, all those emails I get click here for your invoice. Yeah, so Motor. they they injected a a a file called uh, Moserware Secret Splitter DLL, and it contained a legitimate copy of an app called Secret Splitter, uh, along with malicious code that j was just named Loader, and uh, and Loader was the the package that actually exfiltrated that password data. Uh, so, but they, they were able to inject essentially two running applications into an update that everyone just took on good faith that it worked because it came from a legit update server. It came from a signed package. And now all those passwords yeah. are, are out there. Uh, so the compromise, uh, or sorry, this was, sorry, this one was officially on the, the password state update network. They actually infiltrated their update servers. It wasn't third-party servers. Uh, password state update compromise lasted from April 20th, 8.33 a.m. to April 22nd at 12.30 a.m. Uh, the attack server was shut down on April 22nd at 7 a.m. Uh, so, yeah. they Two days worth. Two, That's two days. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of time to push out a lot of updates, which is why they I got... Rambo, I, I think Rambo wants out. <laughs> No, he's even, playing with my cable mod bag on the floor. Oh, even I can hear him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everyone likes Rambo. Um, so. But yeah, they're saying that if you do uh, do business with uh, Password State, do change everything. Mm -hmm. uh, every password you have, go ahead and do it. So if you are... Uh, using that go ahead and do that um you don't you have jeff don't you have a sponsor <laughs> <laughs> i do nordpass uh, uh this never happened to them man uh, they should have used nordpass actually it didn't happen to them right and uh and people have asked have have asked me repeatedly now i will say uh nordpass while i i do have currently a working relationship with them i am under no affiliation with them at the moment, nor do I have any active contracts with them. Uh, I I do not have any outstanding uh, ads to run, nor any spokesman things that I am doing. So we are essentially 100% seeing other people at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> and, and not for any particular reason. I just have some other ads that I'm running on the channel, and I just don't have enough spots to go around. And so it kind of becomes a Contract up. Yeah, contract is up and someone outbid you. So there we go. Uh, Ram, would you stop it? <laughs> <laughs> so Have so your zoomies somewhere else. Gosh. Deep uh, said meow, meow, meow. Translated, pet me, pet me. Pet yeah, me. no, no, that was, that was I'm attacking something. Uh, that is his, I'm in hunting mode. And the, the prey in question is the cable mod bag for my my most recent build now he's up on my desk awesome please don't knock over the stack of gpus <laughs> watch me anyway uh <laughs> so so yeah i i have a very friendly relationship with, with nordpass but people have asked me how could you possibly uh 
support a company and advertise for a company that had such an egregious exploit with with NordVPN a couple of years ago, and then they didn't disclose it to anyone. And my response to that is, I read the postmortem, and I also gave them crap at the time of not disclosing it as well as they should have. But I also stated the attack vector was so incredibly narrow and Nord doesn't keep any logs, so they didn't know who to notify on who may have potentially been infected. This was a very, very, very isolated and niche situation in which NordVPN rented servers from a cloud provider, as every single VPN provider on this planet does. That cloud provider, that hosted service provider, uh, themselves were victim to an exploit using, uh, I believe it was um, one of their remote management systems. Maybe uh, it was either Dell's or someone else's, but essentially the uh, the lights out ports, the, uh, um, the ILOs were compromised on some of the physical hosts that Nord happened to have virtual machines running on. Uh, now this is something that Nord never could have known. From a, from a cloud provider standpoint. You you audit your cloud providers as best you can, but just like any other service, you kind of have to take them at their word of their terms of service. And yeah, it, it, Nord wasn't hacked. Nord wasn't every, hacked. A third-party cloud provider was hacked. Yeah, right. Every headline said Nord VPN hacked. Right. That wasn't the case. Now, the end result was Nord did suffer a compromise of some kind, in which they got root access to some of the VPN servers and were able to basically do some man-in-the-middle sniffing, but only during live sessions. And it was also revealed during that hack that no logging took place on any Nord service. So, yes, they were hacked via a very obscure attack vector, which, to the credit of the hackers, worked. They got in. But remember, the bad guys only have to be right once. Good guys have to yeah. be right every time. Uh, but in the aftermath of that, they they did post eventually a press release a couple months later saying that one of their that a very small number of their servers, which by the way, Nord has like five thousand servers, give or take. This was three. Oh, I thought it was one. And and it uh, no, I, I believe it was three nodes. So three potential service nodes. Uh, so when you get onto Nord's website and you search for servers, you get a four-digit code and a country location. So US yeah. 2922 is, is a Nord VPN server somewhere in the continental US. Then there's Canada ones, there's Mexico, and there's all like 172 countries or something like that. And all you get is a four-digit code. One to three of those, those codes, those servers, were compromised. Nord doesn't know who connected to them while they were compromised. So... Who do you alert? Uh, and uh, legit question, how is this different from the Ubiquity hack? Uh, Ubiquity themselves were directly hacked, uh, if I remember correctly. And and again, um, I'm not that thrilled with how Ubiquity handled that either. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, but, uh, and, and let's be clear, you... Ubiquity themselves were hacked. They said our our servers on a third-party cloud provider were hacked. 
The problem is they attacked Ubiquity directly. They just happened to be on Amazon AWS. So this was a direct attack against Ubiquity and a direct compromise against Ubiquity. Uh, it's different because Nord was hacked through a back door via their cloud provider. Amazon wasn't hacked. Amazon's cloud was never touched. Ubiquity themselves directly were attacked in that in that hack. They blamed it on third party in, in some very vague language. Uh, but make no bones about it, that was Unify through and through. Whereas NordVPN was compromised via a third party legitimately. That's the difference. And I, I gave Ubiquity a lot of crap for that a couple of weeks ago. Go back and watch that one. Um, but if anything, out of me saying you need to do a better job communicating when exploits occur, when when you are compromised, it actually made me more impressed with Nord's overall system because the system worked. They don't take logs. They don't do anything else. Uh, it's secure. It's, it's as secure as I've seen and everything checked out. Everything checked out when the when the curtain was thrown back. And so what more do you want? There's been other VPNs that have terrible privacy policies, have never been third-party audited, which by the way, Nord is always third-party audited, um, or third-party audited fairly regularly, including source code for both their VPN servers as well as the applications that you use on your end. Plus you can connect to them with third-party applications like OpenVPN. I've done tutorials on that. Um, so that's the difference. That's why I still trust Nord. That's why I'm happy to have them as a sponsor of the channel, even though I don't have any ads running with them currently because they've been great to work with and everything they've ever told me has checked out when the curtain has, has been flipped back. That was a long ramble for, <laughs> and, and I think actually a very good question. So, so thank you guys. Moving on, uh, we have another backdoor that that took place, this time in an NVIDIA driver package. Now, this one is not in and of itself necessarily a backdoor. What this is, is it's compromised as a CVE, so a criti critical vulnerability. Uh, it's been given a CVE number, 2021-1074. Uh, uh, what this, now first off, go and update your NVIDIA driver if you haven't done so. Make sure you're on the current version. Uh, I don't know if they mentioned the exact version number that was affected, but it was the last couple uh, NVIDIA driver packages that were affected by this. But the most recent one it, uh, has it solved. Um, the long and short of this is that one of the NVIDIA DLLs, one of the main driver files in the NVIDIA driver package, has a critical vulnerability in which a malicious party can execute arbitrary code. Uh, now, before everyone freaks out and goes, NVIDIA was hacked and sell all your NVIDIA cards. Please sell all your NVIDIA cards. Oh, yeah, I'll, 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 I'll pay you 50, I'll, I'll pay you 50 cents on the dollar. I'll pay you 50 cents on the dollar if you want to unload them. Um, anyway, uh, there's a vulnerability that was discovered in an NVIDIA driver package that allowed a third party to execute malicious and arbitrary code. Um, however that attack vector does not have an outside opening. It, it is not accessible just because you happen to be run, running an NVIDIA driver package and you visit a website. Uh, this is one that you still need root file system access 
to the target machine first. So once you have that, you could run arbitrary code through an exploit found in this driver. Um, but it is critical because it is a bug that enables arbitrary code to run uh, unfettered with, with system access, with root access. Uh, because it runs at the driver level, the driver is called by the system, you can run code at system level. That makes it critical. But this, this also brings up, again, why backdoors are bad. Because as with password managers, if there's a backdoor and a password manager, your passwords are not, no longer secure. If there's a backdoor and an NVIDIA driver that allows someone to run arbitrary code, your system is no longer secure. If there is a backdoor and a network switch that allows federal agencies or nefarious third parties to observe all traffic unencrypted as it goes across those lines, your traffic is no longer secure. Uh, so while both of these are pretty pretty terrible exploits, pretty pretty bad things that you do need to fix. Uh, if if you if you do run password state as a password manager, make sure you change every single password you have. Yeah, that one's pretty big. That one's a pretty big one for 29,000 different accounts. Make sure it's a make sure you change every password. If you run an Nvidia graphics card, make sure you update to the latest driver because while at the moment it requires root system access, there are usually exploits out there that can gain you root system access and if you couple them together properly, you can start running code via an NVIDIA driver package if a driver is not updated. So, backdoors are bad, okay? <laughs> and RAID is not a backup. RAID is not a backup. RAID is not a backup. So, so we're going to make a t-shirt that says, on the front, RAID is not a backup. And in the back, backdoors are bad. <laughs> Craft computing. <laughs> I, I think I, I think I, I think someone needs to South Park me up, and and I need to sell a shirt that says "Backdoors are bad." Okay. If we have any graphic yeah. artists listening, any any artist designers, uh, you know, content creators watching, uh, yeah, someone send me your best South Park drawing of me. That's what I want, because <laughs> I, I want to do a, a "Backdoors are bad." Okay. <laughs> Uh, and and I I need to find a good artist to work with, and I also need to find a good drop shipping company for for t-shirt production and and other merchandise. Um, in fact, I'll probably reach out to a couple of people that I know that that have done deals like that before. My biggest thing is I never want to be a logistics company. I'm a content creation and technical yeah. provider company then uh, you're at the point of like how many do i need of this do i need to keep I, all these shirts available i, I don't want a thousand shirts in my garage and and yeah. my wife to have to run shipping and receiving that's that's not what i want out of my business i i want to farm that out 100 percent. and i'll just take the 25 percent cut or whatever yeah. it is yep um I do have a question. I do have a question for the community at large because we talked a little bit about sponsorships there and, and Raid has come up. Uh, James says, uh, oh no, not Raid Shadow Legends. Um, so like every YouTube, Raid Shadow Legends has reached out to me. Uh, they've reached out a couple of times and a couple of times they offered me pretty good money. Would you guys, what would I have to earn from a Raid Shadow Legends advert for it to be okay? 
your own character. Now, now I, I now I love <laughs> now, now I love that uh, Colin Furs did a did a uh, Raid Shadow Legends advert uh, in his his most recent video, and he unashamedly did a Raid Shadow Legends advert uh, where he goes almost verbatim this expensive uh and someone had to pay for it and that someone was raid shadow legends <laughs> <laughs> and and i like that uh i really like that i i like that that take on it um where look this crap is expensive i i gotta get the money from somewhere raid shadow legends five grand uh you're starting to get up there two million no mobile ads period um thousand dollars I, I do have some... Uh, I wouldn't do it for less than a 750k spot. To replace uh, the one you sullied for running a raid... <laughs> uh, what did Rev say? Oh, oh, a new soul. To replace the one you sullied for running a raid ad. <laughs> $10,000. You know what's funny is some of those are actually within the realm of possibilities for what I've been offered. So... Do a straw poll, not at all unless you can disclose it too. Um, right, and I, I think I would want to disclose it. Like, like Raid Shadow Legends sent me over a 3090, so here's a, a 60 second advert for them. Like, would that do it? Like a tongue in cheek, yeah. 10 uh, times, your, price, 10 times yeah. your normal rate, 25,000. I'm not going to land 25,000. I'm not going to get five figures, but I could easily land, I think, pretty solidly into four figures. Um, so. I just thought I'd throw it out there because, uh, yeah. See what you see. What you should do is is you take it, and then you say, "This ad got me this," mm -hmm. and I'm gonna ha I'm gonna have you have like me, Rhett, or Steve say the ad. <laughs> I will <laughs> never do. I will never do a mobile app, but one of these guys will. Yeah. Hold on, gotta let gotta let Rambo <laughs> out. Flip the camera over to like Rhett. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I would love to see Rhett just. <laughs> I would love to see Rhett feel like try to say this game is good. <laughs> <laughs> right now, now to be clear, I don't want to do a Raid Shadow Legends ad, but at the Raid Shadow Legends, there we go. But at the same time, if uh, I mean five grand is five grand. And I've got nothing against them other than their ads have become nothing more than meme material at this point. Um, but 3090 for all your rigs? Well, I do have two rigs. I mean, a pair of 3090s, that could get it done. All, all the co-hosts get an upgrade. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, here's what here's what we do is we convince Raid Shadow Legends to sponsor a uh, uh, the same thing like the, the $10,000 Intel thing for Linus. Where all of his employees get get ten thousand dollar Intel upgrades. There we go. We we could say you know today's today's video is brought to you by Raid Shadow Legends and uh, and John is going to get five thousand dollars in in PC parts to build himself the ultimate gaming experience. <laughs> and uh, and we film in your houses and we we build you guys computers and that's the video. <laughs> uh, there you go. Or or and then I get a couple thirty nineties. Or you tell them. Yeah, I'll do it for five thousand dollars. Or I know this guy John; he'll do it for five hundred bucks. <laughs> Channel's do, not as big. <laughs> do the ad while drunk. Yeah. There we go. What is this stupid? Can't even do. Stupid. <laughs> She's kind of pretty. I wonder if that's some of the appeal of this game. <laughs> 
This isn't Age of Empires. <laughs> Pepperoni pizza. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just went old school on you guys. Yeah. So, no. Uh, like, the amount of money I turned down on this channel, the amount of no-name VPNs or VPNs with a sketchy pass that reach out or CD key websites. Yeah, I was going to say the CD key one. God. Um, How many? You've been getting those since the beginning. Oh, yeah. And 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 they offer good money. And and I can't say I blame the people that, that take them because... I use CDQ websites from time to time to buy Windows licenses for, for machines around here. I've talked to Windows, uh, to Microsoft representatives who say, yeah, they're they're off-market keys, but they'll activate in any region and they're technically not breaking anything other than a license agreement. And who the hell, that's not going to stand up in court. Yeah. Like, like as long as you have a Windows license, you're good to go. So as far as that stuff goes, it's like, yeah, fine. At the same time, I read enough about CDQ websites uh, basically trading credit card numbers on the black market and buying a whole bunch of off-market games with stolen credit card numbers. And uh, in the end, the credit card companies will write it off. And so they'll take money right out of the pocket of game developers. And so they'll buy a whole bunch of Steam keys from Argentina, and then they'll sell them to the U.S. market. Once the credit card fraud is found, they cancel the Steam transaction, which means the developer makes absolutely no money. And in fact, they lose twice because they also have to give away a legitimate license on Steam. So I've read enough of those. Like like the Windows and Office licenses are one thing. Uh, the gaming licenses and, and keys are another matter entirely. And, and that is, those are all gray trending towards black market. Uh, where you're trading in stolen goods. Uh, and and so I don't necessarily begrudge anyone who takes a payday at doing an advertisement. I don't, I don't begrudge anyone for doing a Raid Shadow Legends ad because I have nothing against Raid Shadow Legends other than I don't like the advertisements. And if that's the worst thing you can say about a company, money is money. Yep. <laughs> like, at the end of the day. Uh... Uh, how much have you paid into the cloud gaming project? Make them pay for all of it start to finish. Uh, I'd rather have a 3090. Uh, okay. Gosh, how much am I into the cloud gaming project beginning to end? Um, I spent about $1,000 on the 7150X2 cards. Uh, I spent about $600 getting the Dell up and running and getting enough memory for it. Uh, I then spent another thousand dollars on the 71 or the 7601 32 core Epic CPU uh, and, and motherboard combo. That was, that was almost 1200 for, for that combo. Um, I spent, I bought eight 1.2 terabyte Intel enterprise SSDs at one point. Uh, and then the project ended up getting sponsorship from Seagate uh, for, for an NVMe drive and a couple SS, uh, 1.92 terabyte SSDs. Uh, so those SSDs went into another project, but that was $1,000 for, for eight SSDs. Uh, yeah, the list goes on and on. Like I'm, I'm easily seven or eight grand of my own personal expenses into that. And that's not including time. Let alone time, let alone some of the parts that have been donated or sponsored for the project, like the couple of Tesla M60s that 
at the time they were donated were about $2,500 a piece. Like, there's a lot of money into that project. And, and what's really funny is I run an advertisement on the channel and they go, I can't believe you're selling out. D do you like the content that I do? Because it's expensive, yo. <laughs> like, oh, this is so hard. Click, yeah. click. Oh, my finger. Yeah. How dare he do that? Yeah, no, I, I, I had, I had a, a commenter earlier this week that I kind of went nuts on uh, because... He was like, no, don't do advertisements. No more advertisements. And it was one of my better ones. It was the one with the Z car. Like, like it was 40 seconds listening to an engine rev. Like, what are you opposed to on that? I signed up to watch your cloud gaming server, not to watch your Z car run up and down for 40 seconds. I went, it's 40 seconds. Skip it for crying out loud. Yeah. And he goes, yeah, but you're just selling out. And I went, okay, I'm sorry. Did you spend $50,000 starting craft computing? Because I did. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd like to make that money back. I have bills to pay here. Right. It's like <laughs> my integrity wasn't questioned Ooh, because yeah. Viper decided to well, run an advertisement he, yeah, on my channel. Well, I remember seeing his comment, I pay for YouTube premium not to see ads, mm -hmm. and then you go out there and make ads. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's like, well, I don't get any of YouTube premium. Right. Well, to be fair, YouTube Premium, I do get some revenue from that, but it is a trickle compared to AdSense revenue, let alone a trickle compared to putting an ad in my video. Yeah. And and not to get all back in my day on you, but I'm going to get up on my boomer soapbox and say back in my day for a 60-minute television uh, program, we watched 18 minutes worth of ads. And we were happy. Oh, and that was on a service that we paid $150 a month for. Yeah. <laughs> like, if you want to talk advertisements, let's talk advertisements and let's talk who's getting the raw end of the deal. You pay $10 for YouTube premium to not watch those ads. You can suffer through 40 seconds worth of mine when the project you're watching cost me $7,000 and hundreds of hours worth of work. Well, actually, it's kind of, it kind of makes a sound too that he doesn't like you. He just likes mm -hmm. your content because you're in the ad. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and the way you did the ad was the way you shoot, you wanted to shoot. So it's essentially, right. hey, this is how I would have shot a, a car video. That's exactly right. And, uh, well, apparently you did <laughs> right. You just like the cloud <clears throat> gaming server content. I can literally, here's a blog. Shut up then. Go read that. Mm -hmm. You don't, you know, you just, or you wanted some audio book to just listen to. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of comments here. Adverts are fine. Advertising something unethical is unethical. And I fully support that. That's why I don't do CD keys. That's why I don't do VPNs that aren't third-party audited by legitimate third-party auditors. Um, I, I've been offered those numerous times, including by, uh, I have a, a new ad manager who's handling a, lot, handling a lot of the back and forth for me. And uh, he goes, what about XVPN or YVPN? And I say, well, let me do some research on them first. And I'll do some research and, and I'll look up where are the third-party audits? Have they been security audited? Has the source code been audited? Where are they, Where is their their location at? Can they be extradited? Do, do they keep logs? Has it been verified they don't keep logs? I make sure all of that happens before I advertise a VPN. So the long and short of it is I haven't advertised any VPNs on my channel. Um, but uh, yeah, advertising something unethical is unethical. And I fully agree with that. Um, Daniel says, I have nothing against ads, but obviously Raid is making a profit from victims who spend money on, on their shell of a game. It's blood money you are taking from them. I disagree with that statement. 
I, I disagree with that because some people, some people, it is, it is habitual. It is a problem. It is a, a level of addiction similar to gambling, spending money on a mobile game. But those people are also the whales that make that mobile game money. And to a certain extent, there's a lot of exploitation in a lot of products that we buy every single day. And to single that out as one, like if Spirit Mountain Casino, the local casino to me, wanted to advertise on the channel, I don't think I'd have a problem with advertising for Spirit Mountain Casino, even though 5% of Americans have a gambling addiction. Like I, I drink every day. On, on on every single video that I do, yet alcoholics exist. Is is that in and of itself unethical? I don't know. Uh, so you have to draw the line somewhere. And yeah, it it is a difficult decision. And morality is not black and white like we would like it to be. It is a little bit, there's some, some gray lines in there. I try to be as black and white as possible though. I, I try to be as black and white on, on issues of ethics that I myself as an influencer as an influencer would if I would ever be seen in a negative light for advertising a certain product or or company or service that's a problem uh and I, I hold my image in very high regard uh in in all of that but at the same time Raid Shadow Legends is a game like at yeah. the end of the day it's a game and I watched the backlash that Linus took for doing a Raid Shadow Legends ad at the end of one of his videos. And and it got Linus's attention to personally respond on Twitter uh, about like, we'll evaluate in the future about, you know, whether or not we want to continue with that. But holy crap, what's the problem with it? And they're like, we just hate watching the ads. Okay, but is it a bad game? Well, it's a bad game too. Okay. From my perspective, so is World of Tanks, but no one has a problem with that one. From my perspective, so are a lot of games. Yeah. No one has a problem with those. <laughs> yeah. But everyone likes my manscaping ad. In an ad that I unashamedly tied to uh, reviewing my my massive balls in a, in a dedicated video. <laughs> I'm telling you, you needed to be drinking a bush. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, uh no, I've done two manscaping ads so far. Uh two more are coming and those ones are going to be new ones. So, stay tuned to the channel if you want to want to see more of my massive balls. Or subscribe if you haven't already yeah. and hit that like and notification on mm -hmm. this video because and comment below too. Comments actually do really help uh if you're watching afterwards. It really helps push this one into the algorithm and Jeff's channel. Mm -hmm. So, apparently, my upload is really bad right now. Yeah, mine is mine is kind of suffering as well. It's been jumping up and down. It's it's kind of stabilized. Um, I usually upload either at 1440p or 4K. Tonight, I decided to go 4K, but usually around 15 megs. Um, for some reason, I was dropping down into the the single digit megabit upload. I was dropping down I to am... like the four and five, and so the stream was getting a little choppy. Uh, even John was choppy when we first logged in. So. Something's going around in our region that's a little different. Yeah. And we do have, we both have different gateways as well as different ISPs. And so something. Yeah, I dropped down all the way to three and then I'm like. I, I wonder if the Pivot Mansion is doing all right. <laughs> if something up there is going wrong. 
Uh, will you be using manscaping on Rambo in the next ad? No, that's just mean. Rambo doesn't need a haircut. <laughs> Actually, no, Rambo does need some grooming, specifically around the genital area, but I will not be doing that. Uh, Come on, it's gentle. It doesn't cut. That, that's a video. It's so gentle, you can use it on your cat. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In 720p, whole night looks looks okay. Yeah, and, I, and I'm sure it looks... Pretty good. If you want more of Jeff's balls, come join the Discord server. Thank you, Pilot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, World of Warcraft addicts. Like, would anyone have a problem with me advertising World of Warcraft? Well, number one, it's like, you know, 2007 called. They want their advertisements back. But number two, uh, just because some people are addicted to a particular game, does that make it inherently bad? No one would have a problem with me advertising alcohol, even though there are alcoholics out there. I'm sure there are alcoholics who watch my channel. So... Yeah, it's like six, one, half a dozen, another. I, to be clear, I, I'm not going to do a Raid Shadow Legends ad. To be, to be crystal clear, but I'm just kind of intrigued. I, I I'm intrigued in the conversation about why, <laughs> about why the the pushback. Why when I've seen some people do it, and like I said, if you haven't watched Colin Furze's latest video. Go watch his latest video where he unabashedly says, this crap's expensive and, and I have to pay for it somehow and YouTube just doesn't pay enough. So here's Raid Shadow Legends for the next minute and a half. <laughs> and the whole time uh, he has, uh, so Colin usually has another Colin that talks to him over his shoulder. And uh, the other Colin was coming over his shoulder going, Raid Shadow, I can't believe you sell out, you son of a, and, and whatnot. And he goes, I had to pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> so he's arguing with himself on camera it was great it was so great now I will say David Does Tech probably has the best manscaping ad I've ever seen comparing it to uh, shaving Chewbacca with a lightsaber <laughs> <laughs> props to you David I'm gonna go grab another beer. An another thing? Another another, another thing. beverage? Another beverage. It's not a another beer. Beverage. All right. And while John's doing that, we can talk about Discord really quick. There was a lot of worrying going on over the last three or four weeks about Microsoft is in talks to take over Discord. Um, as it turns out, the talks were kind of the other direction of Discord saying, "Hey, we're we're kind of ready to sell." Uh, and again, I, I will never begrudge anyone from making money. Uh, so this is a perfect tie in to what we were just talking about and what's wrong with someone running an ad that is in itself, not necessarily unethical, but still generates revenue. Uh, and this is kind of the same conversation. Discord was looking for someone to buy them out. So the creators could go off and live a life of luxury and uh, and whoever took over could have another chat platform or take it over or integrate it into whatever service. Microsoft came out as the main courtier uh, and those talks kind of dissolved over the last, uh, last week or so. Uh, in fact, last Thursday, uh, Discord officially said that 
<clears throat> they are dropping out of the Microsoft talks for takeover and in fact are exploring a public offering. So making Discord a publicly traded company, uh, which is great. Uh, <clears throat> a lot of people have really liked Discord's uh, method of business, both when it's successful and when it's failed. We've we've got the, the Discord Nitro thing that for a time got you access to some certain game libraries and then the game libraries were no longer available because they couldn't afford it anymore. And like they've had some things that have attempted to launch and then failed, but the core of their business is actually a pretty decent business. And yeah, it works really well. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were afraid that it was going to go away or be absorbed and, and become like the new Microsoft Teams format or something like that. And yeah, it might have. But at the end of the day, I don't begrudge the Discord creators for selling their app. Uh, I don't begrudge Tom from selling MySpace. Like, how stupid can you possibly be? He had a he has a a very memorable tweet where someone uh, uh, he he made an he had an opinion on something and tweeted it out, and someone said, "Yeah, this coming from the guy who couldn't even keep a social network alive." He goes, yeah, this coming from the guy that sold MySpace for $580 million now doesn't have to do anything in my life. Yeah, it's rough. Good luck yeah. Good luck uh, moving out of your mom's basement next week. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, the guy who got... Uh, like, like, you uh, couldn't even keep a social network alive. I made $580 million. <laughs> he started social media, basically. Too. Palmer, Lu Palmer Lucky <laughs> so sold out to Facebook. Yeah, he's also a billionaire. Like, yes. do that math. So would you yeah. be. I know when people do that, it's like, that's the stupidest response to anything. Like, oh, that's just them being jealous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the conversation around Microsoft taking over them was, was fairly comical to me. Um, as I've stated, Microsoft has, is starting to shed in my eyes, they've been on this road for a while, but it's starting to shed a lot of the evil Microsoft uh, ways of the past of buying up companies, absorbing them, and then erasing them from history, uh, which Microsoft has done before. They've also yes. defined standards on how the, the World Wide Web will run. And uh, you require this ActiveX plugin to visit this website, which oh, Netscape gosh, can't that. run. And so yeah. you have to run Internet Explorer in order to visit this web. Like Microsoft tried to capitalize the net, the, the internet at one point. They tried to monopolize your browsing. And long term, they failed at it. But remember, 1998, they had a, a an FTC lawsuit and record fine for a reason. <laughs> yeah, it, it didn't even go away till like mid to 2000s. Yeah, late two thousands, like uh, nine, ten, almost. I think. Yeah, no, that they were they were fined uh, a record amount in I believe nineteen ninety eight or nineteen ninety nine, and then again in two thousand nine. Yeah, that's what I was. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. About. Right, and uh, so yeah, it's happened twice, and in fact, the EU fined them a, a record amount for the EU. I believe it was like two two billion dollars or some crap like that uh, in two thousand thirteen. Uh, so I'm I'm trying to remember all of my Microsoft record fines here. Uh, hey, Muda's on. Hey, Muda. Thank you again for the shout out, by the way. Uh, yeah, they're, they're not called, they're not calling their competing products communist tech anymore. LOL. Yeah. 
yeah, that that was a, a a slogan of theirs in the past. Was they were uh, uh, they they tried to ev- edge everyone out, and they really did. Like I said, in my mind, they're starting to kind of shed some of that that anti competitive behavior. Um, they've been, uh, I mean, they were the impetus that brought us to cross platform play on on pretty much every gaming system and game that we have now. Uh, not that PlayStation was ever going to open that market up, but Microsoft kind of pushed for it and forced Sony's hand, and well done for them. Uh, but uh, yeah, the EU was related to Microsoft Edge. Yeah, that was the forced browser uh, uh, injection. So Microsoft Edge was by default the only browser that you could use, and you weren't given a choice. Which is why, for a couple of years, uh, if you uh, signed in with a a European uh, region. So when you when you activated Windows as as a, in the EU market, um, you would actually be taken to a default browser selection screen with a randomized order. So Microsoft couldn't put themselves number one, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, that that ended up being like a two billion dollar fine or something like that. I believe that was two thousand thirteen. Um, but yeah, uh, I'm not gonna be out here and say Microsoft is completely trustworthy today because screw a lot of their their software injections and uh candy crush that they home. inject into into the start menu on everyone's systems and yeah and whatnot their updates and everything requiring that right the, the the forced update policies the the we're still charging a license but my but windows is kind of half free but we're still using it as a software as a service so we're trying to get the best of both worlds here like I've said for a couple of years, Microsoft Windows 10 should be free at this point because we are now the products. We we are no longer the, the customer, we're the product. We are a data mine for them. Uh, and that's not right. And so, I mean, I use Windows on most of my day-to-day machines. I do have one that runs Mac and I do have another one that runs Linux. And that's what I do every single day. But I need my Windows PCs up and running because I... I learned Adobe Premiere and and moving over a lot of my workflow over to DaVinci Resolve or Final Cut Pro or some other software takes a lot more than you might imagine. Uh, yeah, it's, but, just, uh, it's not an instantaneous uh, transfer. And then it's not even just Adobe Premiere. It's all the other stuff you use yeah. uh, you know, to run your videos, all your benchmarking tools, uh, your personal stuff that you do, you're syncing your accounts with your family and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Other, other things like that. Microsoft, if you're, it's just you're used to it already. Yeah. It's not easy to just switch over. Yeah. Uh, Gerald uh, sends over $10. Thank you so much, Gerald. Just saying Microsoft ruined Skype when they bought it. Teams is subpar at absolute best. I don't have a problem with Discord selling their product. I just have a problem if the buyer is Microsoft. Um, I will say Microsoft has a million different departments. They have a million yeah. different product heads and project heads that really never talk to each other. Uh, if you are put into the Microsoft Teams lead, you lead the Teams team and that's all you do. Uh, there's not some glorious unified language of Microsoft as far as there, what products there, will be good and which products will be bad and which products have to abide by this Microsoft mantra. It it really is almost a competition internally of of who gets the resources and whatnot. And yeah. the long and short of it is Teams doesn't get the resources that Office 365 as a whole gets. Skype doesn't get the resources that Teams gets. Uh, and so 
I won't say they ruined Skype because Skype for a while was a verb and it still kind of is a verb. The only reason Zoom became a verb was because of the pandemic and because it had the exact resources necessary for classrooms and lecture halls and intercontinental meetings to still take place. Uh, remember, Zoom increased their, their user count by about 200 times over two months at the beginning of the pandemic. And that was simply because they had... Number one, scalability. They they could scale up to a massive size and no one could be the wiser. Uh, yeah. Like, did you ever have a Zoom meeting that just didn't work right? I haven't. However, I shudder at every single go-to meeting that I ever have to join. And, th and that's when I did it on the regular. Yeah. I shudder at every Teams. I shudder, shudder at every Google Voice. Although Google Voice is, Google Voice is slightly better, but nothing is as ubiquitous or user-friendly as Zoom. And that's why people switched to Zoom and why Zoom is now the verb. It was FaceTime for a couple of years. It was Skype for a couple of years before that. And now it's, yeah, I've got a Zoom. Well, it's just just like uh, MySpace and Facebook. Hey, MySpace me, Facebook me. Yeah. Uh, Twitter me, you know, tweet me. Tweet me, yeah. No, you yeah, know. yeah. The, the, the best thing that you can do as a company is become a verb. Hey, just Google that. Hey, yeah. Facebook me. Hey, tweet me. Hey, I'm on YouTube. YouTube me. Yeah. You know, DM me. Those oh. are verbs and it, it's an action. And when your when your company becomes an action verb, you've made it. You are the de facto service that everyone will use. Yeah. And Google is a verb. Zoom is a verb. Zoom is a verb. Yeah. And WebEx GUI is crap. WebEx is terrible in general. Like, I don't even want to go down that road. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, I, I won't say they ruined Skype, but Skype as a service, Skype as a, uh, in, in the fundamental things that a voice chat needed to be, they, they failed when the demand became higher. As far as a casual business meeting, greeting, uh, teleconference, they kind of worked. They didn't have the greatest management tools. They didn't have the greatest other things. Um, and and the video quality was always hot and cold. Like sometimes I had some like 4K gorgeous web meetings. Other times it looked like I was on a webcam from 1998. Like I've, I've totally had both of those uh, experiences inside of Skype, sometimes in the same call. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, and people go, well, why didn't we just hold school in Discord? Well, Discord doesn't have moderation tools. Discord has a max of 25 people inside of a single chat. They don't have, they, they had subpar screen sharing at the time. They don't have limitations on, on user ability. They don't they, they didn't have the permission set rolled out. Zoom had literally everything at the time that they needed to have them, which is why Zoom became the verb. Yeah. And actually they, Barely, ha I think they were even like a month behind too. They pre-launched, right? Uh, if I remember correctly, and I, I think it was like the first month or two, they they struggled a little bit. There was because they had a security issue, didn't they? With like, uh, uh, they they had they had a <laughs> Zoom was hacked. No, you didn't set a password on your Zoom. Yeah, meeting. yeah, that's what it was. And and the default action was to just let anyone in because, well, if you share a link, the link should be private, right? Well, someone someone reverse engineered the nine and ten digit codes required to join a Zoom meeting, and so they actually uh, someone actually randomizing. 
No, someone actually created a Zoom dialer to enter accurate Zoom meeting codes. And uh, you could Zoom dial into any meeting. And if it was open, you could just like start talking. And so all of a sudden in the middle of college lectures, people were were porn bombing people and, and whatnot. And because no one by default pass protected their meetings no one set up moderation to to put everyone into a waiting room first no one had had uh, any permission sets for if a user joins they only get audio if i grant them audio kind of thing like in a lecture setting that's very important if it's a web call where you're just getting 12 people together and everyone needs to be able to talk we're all adults we can handle that but as soon as you want to handle some when a malicious third party comes in it's a problem. And yeah. and Zoom wasn't quite... I, I hesitate to say Zoom wasn't in the right position. More users weren't trained on it yet. Uh, and, the default, exactly. and the defaults were wide open. That was the problem that Zoom had. But they also addressed it within a couple of weeks. And yeah. so if you want to talk about a nimble, scalable company that I wanted to invest... Like, if I was going to invest in a company in, 20, in February 2020, oh, if you picked Zoom... <laughs> like seriously yeah uh and zoom was going strong before the before rona yeah no they absolutely were zoom was already being used by about 20 million individual or no it was 2 million individual clients every single month 20 or 2 million unique people in the month of march last year they went from 2 million to 20 million and by by june it was 50 million 50 million unique users every single month so they grew by an economy of scale very few services ever see. Yeah. And they handled it exceptionally well. They proved they are scalable. They proved you can put 3,000 people into a single web meeting and manage it. And that's why Skype sucks today or why we think Skype sucks today is because Skype didn't evolve. No, I mean, Skype, I, we still have trouble... Or anytime my dad even uses my dad still uses Skype um, to do to do a meeting and it, or at least the last couple of times I remember him using it just one to one crash crash yep. or audio <laughs> doesn't come through uh, our audio comes through but no picture and, and you know or yep. picture and no audio for some reason Zoom or Zoom it it works yep you turn it on and it works and uh they should take a uh follow pf sense philosophy the secure settings are the defaults and they are the defaults now but when they started they were being used for executive board meetings and and uh they weren't being used for college lectures or middle school chemistry or you know all of the well, yeah, various I things mean, that they're it... used for now Back in February, the average person didn't even ever hear of Zoom, and so it was just these big, big companies sending a link out already privately right. to say, "Hey, join this." And it was a couple of people probably in in this meeting to where no hacker person probably ever thought, "Oh, there's this small company who uh, called Zoom. I'm gonna go develop a dialer just for them, so I can sit in these board meetings." Yeah, you know, it wasn't a thing. But then come March and April when 50 to 100,000 people are using it. Oh, I got an idea. Yep. So, yeah. All right. We have one last story to get to, and that is uh, how bad exactly was the Cyberpunk 2077 launch? Because it's one of the most memed games ever as far as the the graphical issues, the bugs that are in the game. 
And I said at the time, there are some versions of the game and some hardware combinations that are frankly unusable. Cyberpunk 2077 should have never launched on what at the time were the current generation consoles. The the Xbox One, uh, Xbox One S, and the PlayStation 4. They should have never launched on that hardware because that's where the majority of the bugs were found. And that's where a lot of the, the lulls were had. But it's a, it's a massive open world game that aside from a couple graphical issues and characters animations breaking for a split second i had the t-pose on motorcycles a couple of times i had characters clipping through elevator doors because they either walked too early or too late uh like i had that happen a couple of times wasn't really immersion breaking it was just like eh, that's kind of funny like you can tell that's a pre-scripted animation because they missed their cue it's just what it is but how bad really was the cyberpunk 2077 launch well, we have some actual numbers uh, reported via TechSpot. Uh, this is over on eTechnics. Uh, they they kind of summarized everything in a nice, neat little couple of paragraphs for us. Um, so, Cyberpunk 2077, over the last quarter of last year, so that is from launch time to the end of CD Projekt Red's fiscal quarter, sold, I think it was, thir yeah, thir right here, 13.7 million, million units. In the blowback from the, and, and criticism and everything else about Cyberpunk 2077 being a broken game that never should have shipped and, and they bait and switched us and how dare CD Projekt Red. And they went from Gotta like- refund everyone. They went from one of the most loved companies to one of the most hated companies overnight because the Reddits got to them. Uh, and, and every single glitch in that thing was just like, refund it, I- well, how do we quantify that? How bad was the game? Well, CD Projekt Red said, if you bought the game and you don't like the game or it's not playable, you can get a full refund, period. They said that before Microsoft and Sony stepped up and said, yeah, we'll honor that. But they said, contact us. We will get you a refund. Okay. Of the people that bought the game, 13.7 million copies just in the quarter. In the quarter. Just, yeah, November through, through I think, end of January was their quarter. 13.7 million copies sold. 215,000 refunds. 215,000? Holy crap. It's 1.6%. Yeah. Less than 2%. 1.6%. Two out of every 100 people asked for a refund. So... Was it really that bad? Was it really that bad? That That's kind of what I, the thought that I want to leave you guys with tonight is, oh, hold on, Thomas. Uh, good morning from Norway. Hello, thank you. Uh, good morning from Norway. I'm drinking coffee, but that, but that beer is really tempting. The beer is always tempting. Although I did have a coffee before the show because holy crap, I was tired today. Um, I did not sleep well last night. I tossed and turned all night long, woke up literally every hour on the hour, uh, until my daughter decided to wake up at six o'clock and then I'm just awake. Uh, so yeah, I had a coffee about six o'clock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That was me the other day. Yeah. It was like, this is not going to work. I took a I nap. I took a nap at four. I slept till five and then I had coffee at six. 
I think it was I think it was Monday. My son ended up like staying up till midnight because it was just one of those of like I'm going to go to bed, and mm-hmm. then he wakes up. You know, thirty minutes later, I'm going to bed. Uh, nope, go tuck you back in. Nope, going to bed. Okay, ah, that lasted, you know, all the way till midnight. And I was yeah. just like, uh. Yeah. Anyway, for all the people that I've personally talked to that bought Cyberpunk 2077 and played it on release day and played it pretty extensively for for at least the lifetime of what they thought the game was worth. Uh, I've not had one person that said, no, I couldn't play it because of the bugs. I couldn't play it because of this. Oh, I, 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 this thing broke. Like, yeah, there's bugs there. Do you realize what we put up in Grand Theft Auto 4? Grand Theft Auto 5? Like, Red Dead Redemption 2 is one of the grand exceptions of a massive open world game that comes out perfectly polished and ready to go. And it still had a couple of bugs. Like, like let's be clear. But that is the exception and not the rule. When you come out with a massive multi, or not multiplayer, but massive open world game like this that is open-ended and do what you want and the city is yours, like, there's bound to be some AI that makes some pretty questionable decisions. Like, committing suicide off the top of a building and landing on the hood of your car every every three minutes. I had that happen for, for about 20 minutes of gameplay where I'm just driving around and all of a sudden, flat! And sometimes the fall wouldn't kill them and so I'd run over them with my car and then the police would be on my trail. Like, <laughs> that's a problem. <laughs> um, well, I, although I will state that the cyberpunk though it got delayed what three times oh it was delayed for i mean it was announced eight years ago and so i i think that it was more of okay it it didn't have to be the perfect game but the fact that there was all this big hype put out behind it and then what two years ago at ces they have keanu reeves like oh he's the guy now he's gonna be the new face of it and Mm -hmm. they really really pumped it up and you can play it on any platform Mm -hmm. the fact that they they did all that promoting and didn't they push it back even like a week? Uh, it was like the week of the launch. Like, no, we got to push it back one more week. Yeah. Or something like no, that. No, it was, was three like, weeks. It was three weeks. Yeah. Oh, but yeah, it was it was another just knife in the back. Yeah. And it, it was, this has to be perfect. I think if it was just a normal launch, it would have yeah. been fine. Now, he, now, here's the deal. A lot of people are saying, well, you couldn't do this bug here. Uh, there's one in particular. You can't uncrouch during dialogue scenes. Okay, that's probably something they never tested for. And here's the deal. When you are developing a game, you try to test it as many ways as possible. You try to break it as many ways as possible. And you mitigate those bugs as they occur. Now, here's the deal. When we plebs get our hands on the games, we play the games in ways the developers never imagined. Oh, yeah. Which is why speedrunning is, is, a, is a thing. Um, like watching developers react to speed runs of their games is really funny. Uh, that's, that's one of my favorite rabbit holes you can get into, not just speed running in general, which I love speed running in general, but developers reacting to speed runs. Like, and, and talking about like, we specifically designed the level so you couldn't jump over this gap. And yet this person has managed to exploit our movement system by breaking it in this one specific way with this pixel perfect and frame perfect setup that manages to launch him over this gap and skip 20 minutes of our game. And, and they're like, credit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, like that's cool. And, and, and whatnot. But when you get it into the hands of, of us, the players who 
didn't spend the last eight years developing the game engine and the physics and the story and the mechanics and everything else. And we are simply trying to play the game. And when you're the dev, maybe you explore the map in a fairly linear fashion. You know kind of where the next objective is. So you drive over to that location, you do that, you do yeah. that mission. Me, this the first thing totally intuitive. <laughs> me, the first thing I did as soon as I had full control of the character and can go anywhere on the map is I drove 20 minutes in one direction and went just like, how far can I go and what's the city look like? I'm curious. Like I want to get a lay of the land first. Well, and they said this uh, is open. I want to see how open. How open is it? Can I cross the bridge yet? Or are they gonna San Andreas me and say, no, it's closed for repairs or terrorist attacks or this? Like and it was. Like I couldn't get over to that section of the city yet. And, uh, and I was a little bit bummed, but I, I just drove around the city for like 20 minutes. And in those 20 minutes, I saw no cars explode, but I saw a couple of weird physics things. I saw like five people jump off roofs. I saw a couple of T-poses. Did it make me hate the game? No. Yeah. People oh, go, oh, it's not a role-playing game. It's an action game. It's got one of the deepest uh, stat trees you can ever get into as far as a role-playing game. Like... Like it's it's pushing Borderlands and 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 a couple of uh, those style games for as far as deep into the tech tree that you can get. So how is it not a role playing game? Well, there was there was there only an illusion of choice. Yeah, I think that was kind of the storyline. <laughs> <laughs> if we're being honest. So how bad was Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven? Well, one point six percent. 1.6% of it thought it wasn't worth it. Think about that when you jump onto the hype train. Think about that when you jump off the hype train ever so quickly. And think about that when you jump onto the hate train. 1.6%. That's all it took. Anyway, John, any closing thoughts? Things you want to promote? No, I was just going to say, uh, you know, make sure to join the Super Secret Discord again. There will be a Super Secret chat below. Link is in the description. Patreon and Floatplane. Join That's on those. Right. John and I will be live on Discord here in probably be about 20 minutes time. You can... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. And maybe, maybe subscribe now. Go to it. Um, who knows? Friday midnight, uh, Pacific Standard Time. There might be a live show. There's gonna be a show uh, Friday at midnight when when John's moratorium on alcohol lifts. <laughs> yeah, Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim was the game of the freaking decade. Do you want to know how broken Skyrim is? Like, let's talk about the bugs in Skyrim for God's sakes. That still haven't been patched. But we can buy it on every platform. So, what is 1.6% relative to other game refunds? Uh, I'd say it's higher, but not exceedingly so. Now, actually, the only, one thing they did state in the article was it was just for that quarter. It's not till the, the start of the second quarter right, of right, this year. Right. But, anyway... Make sure to subscribe to Craft Computing if you haven't done so already. Like this video. Subscribe over to Hops and Brews. Link is also down in the video description. If you like the beer content on this channel, he could use some love as well. Yeah. We do this show every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Pacific time right here on YouTube. You can also catch us in podcast form over on Anchor.fm or wherever your favorite podcasts are found. Spotify, Google, Apple, iTunes. We are everywhere. It, yeah, we already did the Discord thing, so I don't think yep. there's anything more to say there. Uh, 
Make sure to catch us every week. Keep watching the videos. We appreciate you. You guys are awesome. And as always, we'll see you next Wednesday. See you guys. Cheers, everyone.